I'm David Crowley. I'm the writer and director of Gray State. And uh, I'm a veteran. I'm a husband. I'm a father. And um, the interesting thing about this material, once you delve into it, is that everyone has to act within their own capacity to express this information. So Gray State has been my effort to kind of draw the human narrative out of all this terrifying information that we see all around us. And uh, I think that's been uh, my responsibility as a filmmaker to kind of craft a human story out of this. And I think what I want to definitely tell your listeners is that every time you look at some of these things happening, like why isn't anyone showing this in a film? I mean, that is what I'm doing. That is what Gray State is. Welcome to another episode of the Gray Stage. Greg Fernandez Jr. and myself, Dan Hennon. What we're doing today is going over the book, The Gray Stage, written by Greg Fernandez Jr. here. Today we're going to be covering episode number 33, which is chapter 16 in the in the book. Chapter 16. Now, this is a long chapter. We'll be starting off on the physical book, page 156, if you're following along on the physical book. You, know, you also may have the PDF version of that, but... We're in the middle of that chapter 16. This is the last chapter of the book. There's a lot of information here. Uh, we'll get started on this episode uh, uh, today. What I'll do is start reading, go through a couple paragraphs, and Greg and I will um, interject if we have any questions or comments. How does that sound, Greg? Sounds good to me. So page 156. What I'll do is begin reading here, and um, as we come up to things, um, the previous, the, the previous episode we cut off, I've got it on my notes here, Greg, around the middle of page 156. Okay. Okay. And so what we're doing is, is covering basically the year 2014 on the timeline is what's going on. The deaths occur around Christmas time in 2014, but we cut off the last episode in, in February. So we're going through the months to show the kind of the buildup here as to what could have happened here with the Crowley family. Continuing on, it says, uh, on February 2nd, 2014, David explained the plot of the fictional film Gray State. Gray State, a wounded veteran leads the insurgency against a corrupt government after his city is put under martial law, end quote. So that's, uh, that's the Gray State project. That's a good, very concise summary. He goes on to say, quote, the use of force David Crowley posted on March 7th, 2014, no matter the context, should be a shameful last resort, indicating an utter defeat of intelligent faculty. This is the difference between men and children, and also why our childlike society celebrates violence in its exercise of authority, end quote. Very good. David Crowley, once again, very high IQ, uh, very well-spoken person. And once again, pushes the fact that any kind of violence is a last resort. Yeah, and this is only months be, be before his bodies are found, if you think about it. A couple months, what, six months later or something like that, maybe seven months. But still, I felt that was a very important quote to put in there to show um, David's view on violence, you know, the things that he's putting into this. And then it also shows me... Um, uh, when these crimes happened, when these when this tragedy happened, and they're so quick to blame David, and they go back and they read all the stuff that we're reading here too. They, the the uh, cops, the the investigators, they have access to all of this stuff, and they're reading all of this, and um, still saying David committed a violent act, and it's probably it's a very shameful thing because as you read in this quote here, 
he's saying it is a shameful last resort. It is part of the reason why I um, named the book The Gray Shame, was that that quote right there was part of it. Obviously, the whole case is very shameful. That's another part of it. <laughs> but yes, uh, you know, the official story is, uh, is David, David murdered his daughter, murdered his wife, and then shot himself in a very uh, violent uh, turn of events. And what David is saying here, that uh, the violence should be a shameful last resort. Now, the, the folks pushing the official narrative will say, well, well, David Crowley did use it as a last resort. He, he didn't know what else to do. He was out of money, bankrupt, and shot everybody because um, he was despondent. That's how they're going to twist things uh, when you talk to the other side of the aisle. They'll twist it and use the same back words back against him as a last resort and how shameful it is because they're throwing David Crowley under the bus because of what he did. So we've seen a lot of that over the years, Greg, uh, as well. People saying it was a last resort. He he was an idiot um, and, and shame on him for doing this awful act, what he did. The next day, David wrote Sean Stone, yeah, that one, at CC Stone, uh, CS Stone 5. That's Sean Stone, it's, it's uh, Oliver Stone's son. Apparently wants a role in gray state. So he put that on a quote as well, because uh, we knew they were talking a-list, B-list actors for this film. Sean Stone did say that he, he wanted a role uh, in the film. Um, I don't know. I don't have any proof, I guess, of that or anything to support that. But these were the, the networking that David was working on <clears throat> in 2014. Yeah, and, and, and with Sean Stone, it's uh, interesting because as far as I know, he's never acted in any films or anything like, like that. And when I first read this, it, I, I just thought, okay, he wanted a part he wanted a speaking role in the Gray State Project. But Dan, let me ask you this. Is it possible when David said Sean Stone wants a role, that could have meant something behind the scenes, a PR role, um, an associate, I don't know, someone to help him write it? Does it necessarily mean that Sean Stone wanted to be what Danny Mason claims he was, just an actor? That's what a very good point. Uh, the word role here could mean many things. Uh, Sean Stone obviously has written many books. His father's Oliver Stone. Both of them are well into various conspiracy theories and topics and not afraid to touch such topics like that. And Sean Stone, uh, I, I believe he probably was interested in, in doing something with this film. Uh, I don't know if it was acting or not, but you bring up a good point. It could have been a financial backer. It could have been an executive producer. Um, it could have been um, maybe writing a book on it after the movie, after the series was done or something. I don't know, but he does just leave the word role out there uh, for us yeah. to interpret. Yeah, to let everybody know too. I mean, this he's David is telling everybody here, making this very clear. And this is just a couple months before David um, gets that, that Hollywood deal going too. So that's pretty interesting. The other thing that's interesting about this Sean, Sean Stone thing is um, – uh, later on, I think maybe a year or two after this, and I don't know if they still have a show, but Jesse Ventura's son and Sean Stone had their own talk show too, right? So they're very close. Jesse Ventura, obviously from from Minnesota, and his son is too. And I think um, that you know, we, I think we've sent out feelers to to try to reach out to Jesse Ventura. Obviously, he's really busy. He's in Mexico at, at the time. I think he was even going. I don't know when that um, Chris Kyle lawsuit and all that was happening, you know, if that was happening around this this same time. But it would be very 
uh, very interesting to at some point try to get this book or try to get some of this data into the hands of Jesse Ventura. Jesse Ventura loves to read, so um, it's not that that far-fetched to at least get some type of a quote. You, you get a guy like that on this case, and then you really got something there. Yeah, he does live uh, in Minnesota here, I think, six months out of the year, and then down in Mexico the other six months. Uh, he, right. He does spend his time down there um, quite a bit. <clears throat> Continuing on, it says two days later, on March 10th, 2014, David was, quote, happily unsubscribing from Liberty and conspiracy feeds on Facebook and Twitter. Too much of the backbiting derision they claim to oppose. See you guys. It's been fun. You'll still like Gray State, though, end quote. Uh, that's a very good point. Uh, what I've noticed, Greg, and you may have also, over the years on, on Facebook, and you start signing up and joining, joining groups on Facebook, when you ever go through to find out to do some editing and start cleaning up your group list you do find out in a hurry that you've got 100 300 groups you're signed up for that you can start cleaning house and many of them david found were conspiracy kind of groups off the wall wacko whack job kind of stuff uh, and removed unlisted himself unjoined uh you know left those groups because you also do get inundated with various notifications when there's new posts and things done and, and the notifications eat you up alive in Facebook when you start becoming involved with so many groups. It's all the notifications. You could turn those things off, but it looks like he went in and started cleaning house on some of this stuff. And it really felt uh, <clears throat> it really felt good to kind of clean house. And it's the the timing too of, of when he's he's doing this. He's not doing this after this 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 Hollywood deal is made. These are a couple months prior to it. And so he's, like you said, he's. It looks like he is cleaning house. Now, um, this may have also been around the time when he starts having issues, or based on his journal, it looks like he was already having issues with some of these other gray state goons that are part that he's surrounding himself with. And I wonder if any of them are part. As he's distancing himself from certain people, he's he's making it very clear here. He's distancing himself from these groups, from liberty not just conspiracy but liberty and conspiracy groups it's a very wide range it's a very wide term right it's very very vague but it's very interesting as you can see the the change and so when the police later on will try to tell us that david was going into this dark place he was surrounding himself with quote unquote conspiracies here you have again more evidence that he's doing something completely different he is actually removing himself from those conspiracy groups, at least some of them, and from certain people that are con conspiracy theorists, it, it seems like. So to me, it's it, this, this is more proof in his own words here, too. It's, it's interesting. Um, when you first join something or start following something, whether it's a, a crime or a true, true crime case or it's a JFK assassination or it's 9-11 or something, you tend to join as many groups as you can to jump in with both feet and get all your feelers out. And a lot of people, I think David back in the day did that. Once you get and you start reaching that hump where you know what you know and you know the answer to things um, and that are not theories, then you get <laughs> back to these groups. And I've done this myself. You start unsubscribing because you notice all of these groups are infiltrated. You can tell by the tone, the posts, the comments, and the regulars that show up in these groups that they are the infiltrators. 
that's when you start pulling back. Uh, I, I myself have done that uh, two, three years ago, started pulling back from some of these cases because there's so much infiltration going on that you don't have time to bicker back and forth on these things. This is what David did. And I call it cleansing house because he noticed that his own group was infiltrated and the snakes were among him. And so that's a very, um, very advanced, uh, I, th I think, a thing to do when you're in that conspiracy realm. Uh, it's a later stage. You don't do it at the entry level. You don't do it at the intermediate level. You're at the mature end of it, of the life cycle of going through the phase like that. When you know what's right when, from, from what's right from wrong, who are the good people who are not and who's BSing you and where mm -hmm. the infiltrators are because believe me, at that point in time, they jump out like a sore thumb. They, they hit, they're right in front of your face. Uh, and so he was going through and cleaning this up. And what that means, like he said, is unsubscribing from hundreds of liberty, quote, liberty or death, fuck the NWAO, NWO pages and Twitter accounts. He was cleaning house uh, because there's a lot of mumbo jumbo out there. For those of us out there, Greg, you know, we, we know that there's there's hundreds of pages on just a single topic of the NWO um, rather than all this. But he's going under and going after the Liberty pieces as well. So March 11th, he pulled, he's starting to pull himself off, sitting at the computer, clicking unsubscribe, unsubscribe, unsubscribe uh, <laughs> over 200 times to cleanse his social media thing. Um, and that's a true and that's a true uh, fact as far as when you get to that point. Now, the next section, it says the movie script was steadily progressing on March 19th. Today, in place of a thousands of post-it notes, David Crawley wrote on Facebook, pages of scribbles, 30 feet of plot points. I have a 118-page script slash outline hybrid that may only be days away from a solid draft a solid draft number one the original gray state story took eight months of solid work this story took less than two and it is better in every way end quote so this gets in greg as far as the versions that he had and how long it took uh his way as an artist uh, as a creative person was to do sticky notes all over the place then move them around get them in order and then put them in a written form of a script and he ended up with a 118 page outline then he begins putting in the work of the actual writing now we see yeah, and this is this is only three months after he's moved into this home to right to 1051 in December 2013 okay. to their home in apple valley and this was march so there's Four enough months. stuff to do and he's you know plugging away and this is a very high energy person a very driven individual um over and above anyone that the normal normal people come into contact with on a daily basis is how focused he was uh, and how driven. So he had still his housework duties, uh, his, his being a father, all this stuff going on. And at the same time, he's writing a very advanced um, book as, as far as from an intellect standpoint. The script that he's talking about here is the 2014 one that we end up getting. Right. What do you we think? Can, we can assume, um, but we also don't have uh, evidence or anything to support which which one. But that's where he started with. And this could be, this says here it, that it's solid draft one. one. And it may right. have been his final version of what we saw as four. Is that what you mean? Yeah, basically. I'm, could, I'm trying to. It yeah. could be what he's talking about because he does go on and revise it and, and switch things around. But he's got the basic, the foundation done at this point. 
Right. So that two that the 2013 script at this point is completely gone. He says, um, if the 2013 script is one he's talking about, the first the first one took him eight months, and now he's working on this newer version in 2014 here, and the, and like he says, the story has completely changed basically. Right. Now he's um, on I'm very curious. less less than two years and is better. So this is version what two then? This is draft one of version two. That's what it sounds like. Okay. Now on March twenty second, Comel was reading the first draft of the new Gray State script. Yes, very good. The first draft of the new Gray State script. So that that says it right there, according to David's post. So that's that's already March. He's got it in a draft format. On May fifteenth, twenty fourteen, David quote spent. A very welcome morning, lying the groundwork for another six films I've been having ideas for. It's nice to finally be free from Grace State. Boy, howdy. That's very important there too, right? Because this is more proof that the police had, that the public has, we all have, that shows David was not just consumed with Grace State. He's talking about other ideas, other, other scripts, other projects. He's not going into this dark place that they want us to think that he's going into and just focusing on gray state that is not true this quote here from may 15 2014 shows he's actually ready to move beyond this is more planning for david's future that's the way that i read this and you're right six films so another another way to to put this is very positive thinking person moving forward thinking of the future thinking far down the future this is not a depressed individual that's suicidal, ready to end it all. He's got plans really far in the future. Uh, this is six films he's talking about that have nothing to do with Gray State, is what it looks like to me. Now on May, and then 20th, we're and then we're supposed to believe seven months later, he throws it all. He's yeah, okay, sure. he's done. He gives up. His he's arms done. are thrown up. He's done. So it continues on. It says May twenty second. Now, this is right before Memorial Day of 2014. David Crowley's dream has finally come true. Quote, it just happened. I'm not sure how many details I can divulge at this point, but Gray State will be optioned in the next two weeks at a major budget and connected with A-list talent. We are con connected with a producer who, above all, wants to preserve the film's pro-liberty ideals. This is all we could have hoped for and more. Thank you all for being our strongest selling point. Let's make a movie end quote huge statement greg what are your thoughts yeah that's it right there let and like you said at this point it, this is a green light david is moving forward the company is moving forward everything looks great let's make a movie and that's that seems exactly what their plan was so again the 2014 script that that we have it makes me you know wonder is this the version, because I mean, we have two versions of the 2014 script. One seems to me it's more of a full script. The other one actually seems like it's almost a revised version, maybe. It's hard to tell which one of the two 2014 scripts that we have. We have two. We have a 2013 script and two versions of the 2014 script. Of the 2014 scripts, for me, it's really hard to see which one comes first. But I... I'm guessing that one of those scripts is the basis of what he gave them, or a, at least a summary of what he gave them. When you spoke with Michael Bosio, he I mean, obviously Michael Bosio received some type of a of a script, right? Of a real script, not just a treatment or a summary, yep. right? He received a a full script, and so by this time, 
from between March, uh, when David is saying this is pretty almost, he almost has the first draft done of a 2014 script done in March, and he hands it off to the mics in in May. Um, things are moving very, very fast. For so, <laughs> you know, this is May 22nd, so the end of May, he, he refers to as the next two weeks, which puts us into the first week in June. And so it's safe to say by June or by the end of May, he was, like you said, they had a deal in place. Um, they were green lit for moving forward. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. With pro, the film's quote unquote, pro-liberty ideals. Now, reading the 2014 script, I, I guess I guess I could see that um, pro liberty. Yeah, it's definitely a pro liberty film. It's like a Red Dawn film, and it's more focused on on the Minnesota area, kind of the Twin States area, right? Is that what it's called, the Twin States? Twin, uh, Twin Cities. Twin Twin Cities. Sorry, Twin the Twin Cities area, and so it's kind of there. It's a regional film at this point, is what it looks like. And what he had thought of in the past, or what he had ran into, is that. Uh, different houses, uh, different films, uh, producers kind of wanted to scrap that liberty angle and, and keep the film mm. moved forward and pull some of that out. Now he finally ran into a group that says, no, we'll keep it in, and now let's move forward. So that's why he is ecstatic because he's been trying to pitch this uh, film for so long, uh, the script. Now he finally gets it, and they want to keep it in, and they're going to be connected with some high-profile actors, people, producers, uh, and a major budget. And so... Let's make a movie. And he thanks everyone. Thank you. Thank you all for uh, for being our strongest selling point. So this is a huge development here heading into Memorial uh, Weekend of 2014. That's right. Now on June 30th, that's a whole another month later now, June 30th, posting as the Gray State page on Facebook, David Crowley gave an update on the Gray State movie. Quote, the past month I've been meeting with some L.A.-based producers, crew, and other industry contacts, and together we are building the team that will combine our passions and talents and belief in Gray State to optimize its message and reach of its exposure. This has truly been truly a, an exhilarating experience. My attorney and I are reviewing the option contract this week. And once that sucker is signed, the whole gray state thing is going to finally irretrievably and monstrously take off for the stratosphere and in such a way that the message will be preserved and perhaps even continue in sequels, TV series, and video games. Seriously, talk about taking over the mainstream. This has been my life's work for nearly four years, and it's extremely gratifying to be backed by such a raging horde of superfans. Thanks for your patience, guys. See you at the premiere end quote. Now, there's a lot to unpack there, Greg. Where do you want to start? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I definitely like the fact that um, this does include sequels, but it, it includes a TV series, too. I found that pretty fascinating because later on, that's the final stage of this whole thing is they end up wanting to turn this into a TV series. So I found that pr very interesting. So David, in some sense, is kind of letting, letting go, kind of you know ready to move beyond this because it's not like he's going to be the one who is making the video games making the sequels making the tv series etc cetera, etc cetera, all this stuff but um he's he's definitely kind of trying to plant those seeds so that the 
the mics can take this and really make it bloom and do something very, you know, take it to that next level. Like he says, what does he say? To the next, to the, to the stratosphere, stratosphere. monstrously take off to, for the stratosphere. He has very high hopes for this. That's one of the main things that I got from reading this, but there yeah, is a lot. Says, you know, he does. What I'd like to point out here, Greg, is the truth of this statement. The truth of each of these sentences here, nothing here is a lie. Mm -hmm. And that's the one thing I love dealing with the David Crowley quotes is that he's always on point. He's not leading people down a wrong path, uh, rabbit hole. It says he has been meeting with industry executives, making some contacts, meeting with crew and producers. We have support now and documentation that proves all that is correct. He was meeting in LA. We have that. Um, one thing I'd like to point out uh, for the folks that are very new into this, it does say at the beginning of the sentence that he was posting as the Gray Stage page. So we know David Crawley had rights on Facebook to post comments on behalf of the page or the group called Facebook or the Gray State, the, the, the Gray State. So he was posting. Now, other people have rights and administrative rights to also make posts as well. But this is him writing this. And we can tell if anyone doubted it, that this is him on this post. Everything that he says here, we have now been able to back up. Uh, the past month, he's been meeting. He did that. Uh, he's looking to combine our passions and talents to optimize the message. Truly exhilarating. And he also mentions his attorney. Now, Greg, we have also seen those attorney bills that he has received from Loman Abdo uh, and Abdo uh, that show on the description of those invoices this time frame, and it says spent time reviewing contracts, etc., on the bills for David Crowley. He's telling the truth. They are reviewing things. He's working with his attorneys. And so he says the option is going to be this week. Now, this is the end of June. So he says an option is done in two weeks. Now, we know how things slowly go in the terms of uh, attorneys and the legal side of things. Now it's the end of June. He's got this option. It hasn't been reviewed and or signed off on yet. So once again, green light by the mics. Attorneys are in play. They're moving forward, reviewing things. Nowhere here does it say or suggest that it's not to, to their liking and they may turn it down and cancel it. They're moving forward. It's a leaving us with illusion here that there's maybe some small tweaks, but everything else is green lit. Hmm. Now, it's all going to take off, he says. Uh, he's going to talk, uh, goes into sequels, TV series, video games. So we know that is all true because those are the things that came up later as far as how this thing could be pitched. He goes on to say that this has been my life's work for nearly four years. Now, that's a very important statement. It is, and it was his life for four years. Now, we have to keep in mind, Danny August Mason made the same quote later. Mm. We'll see as well. He's put his blood, sweat, and tears into this project for four years. And now David's talking about getting a new trustworthy team, cleaning house, cleansing house. And we know in the few months that come up that we're just getting near to now in this chapter is that Danny's not part of that. And that's why we get this anger, aggression, uh, and the two are butting heads. Uh, but Danny was with him this whole time, uh, not doing all the writing, not 100% of everything, but was his right-hand man for four years, put a lot of time into it. 
And this is kind of a slap in, in the face for some of the other people, if there are other people who are able to post as the Gray State page at this point on June 30th, 2014, because he says we are building a team. So to me, it's like, wow, you're building a team. I thought you already had a team. I thought you had a team of all these people that you've been working with for the last four years. Now you're building a team? It's not like we're, we're adding to the team. You know, he says we're building a team. So I'm sure he gets many questions about what exactly do you mean we're building a team? I've got a, a comment on that, Greg, and it comes from Minnesota in the region and the whole Minnesota nice concept. Um, okay. People here in the Twin Cities area in, the, in this region are not very upfront, face-to-face confronting people. They'll leave hints and notes on posts, texts, phone calls, emails, and kind of hope things kind of get figured out by themselves here. This is not an East Coast, West Coast confrontation here. He's leaving this post in a very, from a keyboard, you know, his keyboard warrior, he's leaving this post. He knows they're going to read it and they're going to interpret things, but he never, it seems to me like he didn't have a sit down meeting to say, let's get everyone on the same page here. I'm moving forward with this. You guys aren't on it. I'm getting another group. He did it in the form of a post to kind of let everyone figure it out for themselves. Very passive. Now, that's a Minnesota thing, and which only creates more questions than answers because now the people reading it know that they're targeted. Uh, he, he's making a, I wouldn't say a vicious statement here, but he's making a very direct statement with this, with this post that he's getting a new team. I'll guarantee you he never ha- sat down and had uh, – a meeting with all these guys to let let them know we're going in a different direction. He's using this to introduce or to plant the seed that he's going in a different direction. That I was not surprised when I saw that post because that's very common here in the Midwest as far as dealing with problems, dealing with issues and tackling tough subjects is to make a post like that. Let them find out and let them interpret it. Then wait for wait for the, the shit to come back. You know, that, that that's a very common thing. Did you find that uh, normal or did you think that was just a, a, a very strange way that he posted that? I would say um, up until right now, when you kind of laid that out, um, which is something that I, you know, I, I, I see that. And I think that's a, that's a very good trait for people to have is to be like that, to be very respectful, not confrontational. California, you can probably tell, is very different. Um, but um, now, now that you say that, it does make sense to me. But be, before, I was kind of like, yeah, it's very, it's a very odd statement to um, make, especially when you have other people who can post as that page there. <laughs> and so they know now at the same time who posted. It's David. Right. People reading it know who it's directed to or directed at the fans are reading it thinking wow like you said greg what 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 do you mean a new team i don't get this outwardly this whole group has been seen in a very good light right the the gray state group Mm -hmm. has always been seen in a favorable light friends buddies guys giving nucks arms around each other a bunch of buddies together to make a movie they don't show the things going on in the background they let a very uh, if this was a relationship, boyfriend, girlfriend kind of a thing, all you would see is the good, the good things, the good posts on Facebook, the anniversaries, the balloons, you, you know, you know, and all these people on Facebook who have all these, uh, sappy posts. And then you find out later their relationship in real life is nothing like that. You know, right. the gray state group put out a very good image for many years as very positive. They all got along. They're all heading in the right direction. They're all moving, uh, in the same motion. 
now you start to tell that there's there's cracks, uh, chinks in the armor here with going along, and that's where I think there are some frustrations too, even with the fans early on. We're saying, what's taking so long? When are we going to do this? So this is a very impactful. Now, David Crowley writing this, I bet it took him two or three versions, maybe in a Microsoft Word or a text format, to get down exactly what he wanted to say and get it concise and perfect before he pasted it into Facebook and hit post is what I'm guessing. He didn't just quickly write this. He's got, he covers a lot of ground in this one single post. And I think it was edited, tweaked, changed, spelled, changed some grammar, whatever he did before he hit the post button. That's a very David Crowley thing to do. What's your take on that? That's that's a great point. That's a great point because there's very little typos in anything that he ever does. These are mostly complete sentences. Um, sometimes when he gets a little angry, maybe that that may change. But yeah, I, I didn't even think about that. That's a great point. He's got he's covering all the bases. He's mentioning the attorney, and he doesn't say the team's attorney or the group's attorney. He says very clearly, "My attorney and I are reviewing the stuff." Yes. That's so key. This, right this there. is June. Now, this is the end of June, the last day of June. We know there's problems in August. We know maybe something in July, but June, this is the first inkling that, I mean, imagine Danny August Mason reading this post. Hey, he's got an attorney. He's getting a new team. What's the dealio? You know, what's what what's happening here? Um, so I think that statement is very uh, very concise. He puts a lot of stuff in there and the fact that he's worked four years of his life's work. So he's also doing a little bragging. He's got a humble brag in there. Um, talks about yeah, who his fans are. So there's a lot, lot to unpack <laughs> in that one comment. And so he got it ready. He got it perfect. He hit post and he walked away. And then the comments started flying in. Yeah, it, it would probably be good to go back through his phone records during this time, during this day and the next couple of days, and see if there is um, any. You know, strange activity. Who is he contacting? Are a lot of people contacting him? If there's a rise in the uh, in the phone data, I guess there too. But also, because it's a digital age, there's Facebook posts. There's you know his um, I think it was his crawls Gmail that he that he had David yeah. crawls or something like that. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of other ways people could be contacting him, not just by phone. But I would uh, be very curious to go back through those phone records now. Now that, that you bring this up and kind of see if there was any that did Danny August Mason all of a sudden call, call him, reach out to him during this time to, to figure out what was going on. Hey, it would what, be interesting you know, to see the follow up yeah. because his group consisted of a handful of local Twin Cities, Midwest, Minnesota, nice people and other folks that were slowly integrated and infiltrated into his group that were not from the Midwest. So. Mm. His whole group was made up of, of a different variety of cats. And so I think they each would have had a different response uh, to this. Uh, very, very awkward. Now, continuing on, keep in mind, this is June 30th. Everything's perfect. He's starting to deal with the stress within his group, but everything on the family front is perfect. Next sentence, in July of 2014, Comel's mom is diagnosed with cancer. Now this is a whole element Greg, that ties this whole thing into another level. Pomel did not want her mom to go through chemotherapy. So now we get G June starting to deal with the frustration with the group. 
July, we got some family dynamics. We'll leave it at that. Some dynamics. So July, she finds out there's cancer. After yeah, and there's there's very very little there. Uh, we only got a few a few more minutes here for this show, but there's very little data there. And um, just because again, with this book, all I wanted to do was just get as many of the facts of the of the facts that that we could without throwing my commentary. That's what the podcast is for: is for us to go back over it and to kind of talk about it, to you know, share our thoughts on it. But for this book, I really wanted to make sure it was almost, especially with this chapter, it's almost just like a timeline of just things that are happening. So it is, and you can see. I had to bite my tongue on this one. <laughs> it really at least it lays down the path in the order of sequence of events because um, a lot of this this is very good. The next couple of paragraphs are. Uh, we'll cover and wrap up here, but this is, gets to be very interesting. Now, after learning about David's death, a collaborative co timeline was created by David's father, brother, and sister, and then emailed to Detective Sean McKnight by David's brother. According to that timeline, everything was good on July 7th, 2014, which was David's birthday. So we know the mother was diagnosed. We know everything was, trouble was starting on June 30th, but as far as the family around the birthday, uh, that is more than likely a true statement um, leading up to this. From a family perspective, everything was good July 7th, okay? Everything seemed normal at Rania's birthday party on August 10th, 2014. According to David's dad, they thanked me for grilling at Rania's party, Daniel Crowley wrote. And David said, love you, Dad, which was strange, I guess. So now we get the, the party. Now, a question for you, Greg, is do we even know what was Daniel Crowley Sr. there? Was he really grilling? Was the dad there? He says he was there, but we know mm -hmm. from a from factual evidence in the past that some of the stuff that he said is not true or texts that he has sent were not valid. Um, do you think that he was uh, there actually, uh, there in attendance and the yes. brother was grilling? Okay. Yes, yeah, the, what, what I find strange is the only photos. Now in Eric Nelson's film, um, I think you, you may, in some of the videos, or something, you may see his father in, in the background. But what I found is the one photo that I know of that we have from that party that shows David and his siblings, the dad is not in it. It's David, it's his brother, it's uh, his sister, and David's mom, who, who has a cast on too, I think. She had a yeah, cast on, wrist. if I remember. Yeah, that was pretty odd too there but it was interesting that david's dad was not part of that photo maybe he was taking the photo i don't i don't know but as we're going to read here on um in in our next show um the, the re we learn a little bit more about the relationship between david and his father which for me sucks it really sucks because i i've always had a good relationship with my dad and with my children, I want to have a good re relationship with them too. And it, it really sucks that it sounds like from what – even what David's dad is will say here and what David has, has said, the, it's not a close relationship. Is that a Minnesota thing too or <laughs> – Well, they're 45 minutes you know, apart roughly. Um, it, it could be they, they came from you – know, they were divorced. The parents got along it sounds like. Uh, but, but I don't know. He was very close to his mother. Uh, his dad worked a lot and was busy and traveling a lot. So I don't know how close. But the comment, love you, dad, which was strange, I guess. This we got to remember now, this was inserted into something that Dan Crowley uh, Jr. submitted to police. Right. So we don't know. We this, don't know this if this was. All BS for what we know. Yeah. We do know the party took place on the 10th. Her birthday, I think, was the 6th. They got together on the 10th for the grilling. That was on a Sunday. 
We know that according to my own timeline, that that is correct. And according to David's dad, they thank me for grilling at Ronnie's party. I, I don't know if that's even true, if they thanked him or not, or if, if, if the dad was even there. Right. Have to hold all that now in, uh, in possibility that it may or may not be true. Uh, yeah. That all, Daniel the only, all... was there. You know, Daniel was mm-hmm. there, the brother. They were still on good terms there. Um, and, you know, something happened in August that, that blew up. But there was still something that happened on the birthday of July 7th for David that Comel busted Ali on, on an email by saying, how could this have happened on his birthday, no less? Was that his birthday? That was her. That was Kamel. Oh, something okay. happened on Kamel's birthday. Okay, so that was Kamel's, which was later. Something was happening. So it was good, yeah. I think, up through into July here. Things were good. August, we know something happened either at the party or something was said at the party. But to, but between the families, it sounds like things were still good on August 10th. Um, but as far as David saying, love you, Dad, um, I don't know why Dan had to insert that comment into what he sent police on a timeline. I can't, you know, it could have been true. Maybe David says it all the time. Uh, but but the fact that, which was strange, I guess, that was his terminology or that was your comment? Yeah, that, that was, that's from the 94 pages. So when, 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 we, when they go over in the 94 page police report, reading from the timeline that Dan Jr. sent to the cops, this is what's in there. And it's weird because some, sometimes he's in the third person yeah. And sometimes it seems like these are direct quotes from David's dad. A lot of these quotes in here seem like they're coming directly from David's dad. At least they're being quoted as being directly from David's dad. So so was it they collaborated on the timeline, but who sent it? Dan Jr. was the one who sent the email and hit sent on the attachment. Uh, and I think that's that my understanding. He was able to get into the Word document, add his own stuff and maybe tweak some of the others. The part about saying I love you, he may or may not have said that, but Dan had to easily, he inserted the phrase, I thought that was weird, has no business being in that timeline for the cops. That's now an opinion, that's now an objective, that's now a narrative that's being inserted and he's planting a seed that something's wrong. See how that's, how he's phrasing that? Uh, Which was weird, which was weird, uh, strange, I thought. Uh, That fact right there that he inserted that piece, those words, into something they gave to police knows he's trying to set plant a seed and set the table for the investigation that's where number one when i started uh, you know focusing my attention on dan jr as being part of this and being involved is little things like that that he does throughout the crime scene investigation be, be throughout this whole many many months of dealing with uh us and the justice page and everything else there's there's things that he does and things and mannerisms that he makes and things that he says and does including this that he actually gave to police like he said he told police i have nothing to do with this movie Uh, or that was danny august mason Um, Mm -hmm. but he said that he's going to put together this timeline and send it on out he's the one who adds uh, i thought that was very strange he was also in this famous smiling guys photo that was dan uh, Crowley. So this is David's own brother, uh, and and something between them happens at Comel's birthday. We know, but something in August tears these two apart, and it was irreparable. Irre- irre- so something at the party, after the party, in the next two weeks after the party, sometime in the month of August, something happens between these two brothers. 
And so I think that's why Dan takes the uh, time upon takes it upon himself to insert a little message, a narrative that gets sent along with police to the investigators to read. The investigators can read this 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 timeline and then have this little unconscious blip, subconscious blip get inserted into it too because they found something strange. So once again, it's it's pointing to something being wrong with David. It's deflecting. And I think that's a There's key. There's a distance, right? It's, it's a distance between the family. himself and pushing his brother more into it that something's wrong. Something's wrong with him. He wasn't acting right. Later, we get all the phrases of he was skinny and gaunt and he didn't look <laughs> healthy. And then he wasn't talking to people. So we get this steady stream uh, over the next uh, three months before the bodies are found of stuff that the investigators have got to digest all this. And to them, it thinks like, well, maybe he did do all this if all this stuff happened. But the detectives has got to realize that they were being played the entire time as well. Sadly enough, they were being uh, played. Anything else for this episode, Greg? I think that's a great place to stop here. And um, it's, it, <laughs> yeah, it definitely, uh, we'll definitely hear more about the relationship going forward. These are the last months here. We're, we're in August of 2014. Uh, the bodies are found about six months later. So these are the last month, very important timeline here. And when we get into the last months as well, we do have the financial records for all these too, you know, from the investigation that took place, we do have the bank accounts and the transactions. And so you can see what's happening. We got the texts, uh, the phone logs, we can see what's happening and communicating uh, on these final months. And then you can put the pieces together yourself of what uh, you think really happened here. But uh, it gets to be very disturbing. Um, thanks, Greg. I got to run. Um, Thank you, brother. But, Always good uh, to have you here. Free for the uh, folks watching this, uh, feel free to leave your comments uh, below and questions for future episodes. All right, everybody. Till next time. See you. See you.